He struts like John Wayne, resembles Jim Carrey, and dresses like he's visually impaired. Because he is Insight. Insight with Mark Farrell on the Progressive Radio Network. Network. Ah, yes. Good Thursday morning to you. My name is Mark. Thanks so much for the Thursday morning hang. Hope you are great or going to be great by the end of the day. I'm sure you will be. Yeah. Hard to fathom. Where did summer go? I mean, come on. I know we're at like the midpoint or nearing the tail end of September. But you know when they say that it's the last day of summer, you're always kind of like, oh, no. What a drag, man. (laughs) Oh, man. Where did the time go? You know, someone said something to me the other day that really hit home. And I never, ever thought about this. But once they said this, and once you hear it, you're going to be like, yeah, so, so true. Talking to someone the other day, and they said that September has more of an impact on their life than January 1st, meaning like the new year. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, because kids are going back to school, and when that happens, of course, if you have kids, this is really going to impact you. Kids are going back to school. And then there's obviously homework, there's preparations for school, and then the activity, a onslaught of activities, right? I mean, my Lord, today's kids, most of them don't have a break. I mean, it's crazy how many activities they're doing. My kids, uh, one of them is on one soccer team, three different music programs, and it's, yeah, it's a little bit mind-boggling. And my wife and I know that You know, we may have bitten off more than we can chew, but my son loves music so much. And it's clearly going to be in his future, probably as a professional. So we're trying to give him as many advantages as possible. But the reality is September is a major, major change for a lot of people. And when she said that statement about, you know, January being the uh, September being like the real January for her, I was like, you you know what? I think you got something there, man. Because, yeah, there are so many changes, especially in the uh, Northeast, in New Jersey. After Labor Day, the weather did kind of change dramatically. Like some leaves are falling. I mean, you know, the seasonal August trees, but not obviously all the leaves because that would not be possible. Uh, but then again, in the climate that we're living in, geez. Uh, but, you know, the weather did change dramatically. Like, it's not really warm. It's kind of warm today. But overall, it dropped about 10, 15 degrees. So it's sometimes ironic what a, you know, uh, change of life, style, seasons, emblematic of change, everything that September can be, right? Wow. Speaking of September, though, uh, the drought, man, still kind of nasty where we are. Um, Lawns are bad. Reservoirs are not depleted, but down a lot. So it's kind of scary, though. But think about this. Does this impact your life, the change from September, from August to September? You know, if you don't have kids and, um, you know, you're working or not working, um, probably not. But I think the kid thing is a big deal, especially when they're, I don't know, older than eight or nine or ten. And then that really kind of begins to be like a a different vibe altogether. And, you know, God bless kids. You know, they kind of roll with the punches, which is really, really nice. And um, so, but I definitely feel that um, the first week, week and a half of September, because uh, my schedule is kind of erratic 
because yes, I'm on the air here, I'm on the air at a rock station, and I have a speaking business. Um, so my schedule can be, you know, out at 6 a.m., out at 4 a.m., not out at all because I'm working home in my office that day, doing billing, uh, soliciting new jobs, Zoom meetings, etc., um, or preparing to host MC events because I do that as well. So it really runs the gamut. So sometimes it's really, okay, no problem, I'm home, or how are we going to make this work, man? It is crazy. It's great to have family and extended family. I've reached out to the milkman. Uh, yeah, the milkman doesn't even exist anymore, does it? Remember the old days? Milk used to be delivered to your doorstep. Oh, my God. I wonder if that still can be done. Or is that kind of like a food app service? <laughs> DoorDash thing. You imagine that? Seeing like a guy from an old dairy truck. You know those pictures from like the Saturday Evening Post? Uh, no, I'm not even dating myself because that's obviously that my father's generation. But those were pretty cool. Pretty cool, right? And speaking of cool, I was hosting an event the other day. And it was for an amazing, amazing organization called the Stephanie Nicole Pars Foundation. Stephanie Nicole Pars was, oh my God, just horrifically murdered during the pandemic. This made national news. She's from Freehold, New Jersey. She was out of college, I believe, late teens. And she was in a physically abusive relationship and the boyfriend killed her. And the big thing that made the news was she was missing for, I want to say, three to four months. And there were massive searches going on for her. And uh, long story short, it was just horrific, abysmally sad, and everything you could think about or not even think about because how can you wrap your head around something of this caliber? So I've been helping out the family on different occasions, hope, uh, hosting the first um, run and walk um, that I thought was just spectacular, uh, well done in terms of honoring her memory, and more importantly, like being part of a community that hurts and heals together. I mean, that is just pivotal because, I mean, it takes a village, right? But we had an event, they had an event, I should say, um, last week, and I had the honor of hosting it. It's called Caring with Karaoke. And it was pretty cool. Uh, turnout was good, uh, maybe 150-ish people, and yes, people would sign up and pay money to sing. And most of the singers were pretty good. Um, but of course, you know, uh, what was important is what uh, it brought. The event brought everyone together um, to for education of uh, domestic sexual abuse, whether it's uh, with a um, uh, dealing and helping educate family members or spouses, etc. So it's uh, certainly a worthy, worthy cause. But it was kind of neat. At one point, I was thinking prior to the event, because when I host events, I try to think, how can I make this event really, really memorable? What I did was I'm saying to myself, well, it's a singing event, karaoke event. Actually, I opened the event by saying, all right, uh, not only can I not sing, I can't even spell the word karaoke. And I'm like, I took out my phone. And I said, all right, um, spell karaoke. And she's like, K-A-R-A-O-K-E. I'm like, ah, even she's got it wrong. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about the singing aspect. And I'm like, you know what would be cool is if we had a massive sing-along. And it could go viral and spread the word about Stephanie Nicole Parr's foundation. How fun would that be? Right? How insightful would that be? Also, of course, of eliciting funds and donations for the foundation, and more importantly, about the education and, and uh, purpose 
of the Stephanie Nicole Pars, P-A-R-Z, by the way, Pars, P-A-R-Z Foundation. So I was thinking, all right, yeah, let's do a song. So I'm thinking it's got to be positive. It's got to be upbeat song. How about the Beatles, All You Need Is Love? Yeah, so that works. So what I did was I have an editing software system in my studio at home, currently where I am because I was not able to make it into the city, the PRN studios today. So the uh, silver lining of having a uh, pandemic is that you have a home studio, which actually I did before the pandemic, but it just really timing-wise was perfect. So I edited the song, so it's pretty much just a chorus. All you need is love. Da, 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 da. All you need. And I'm saying, what do you guys need? Da, 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 da. All you need is what do you need? And I'd go up to people individually. What do you need? I know, yes, you need a vodka tonic, but what else do you need? And somebody would say, love. And so we had the whole place singing. I had them stand up. We did a few verses. I had the judges. Uh, one of them was actually a Miss Former uh, New Jersey one of them, Kenny Simmons, is a singer for the Commodores. It was really cool. I mean, this guy's got some major, major singing chops, a great resume, and just a good dude. So it was a lot of fun overall. So to have everybody on their feet, you know, on such a, I don't know, important day to recognize the life of Stephanie Nicole Pars and to feel good. And of course, to sing, because when you sing, you just feel incredible, don't you? I mean, you know, you don't have to sing good. Um, and most of the times, you know, most of us don't. But, you know, when we're alone in our cars or our homes or wherever, or going for a run or a jog or a walk, when we sing, we just feel, I don't know, man, extra alive. Don't you? Yeah, <laughs> I totally do. So try that. And maybe I'll, um, maybe I'll play that. Actually, it's on my Facebook page, Mark Farrell Motivation, Mark Farrell Motivation, the video of me singing with the crowd from last week. It's pretty cool. It's in a restaurant. You can see the picture. And I think the caption starts off with, all you need is love. Yeah, man. So it's been a, it was a busy August, too. How was your summer wrapping up? Again, it's hard to fathom that it slipped by. It was a damn good summer, though. I saw a lot of concerts. Saw the Lumineers. I was supposed to see Coldplay. As a matter of fact, I ate two Coldplay tickets. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a sin. Um, because my daughter at the last second got sick. So me and my wife had four tickets. I was totally, totally bummed. But what are you going to do? Those are the pearls of uh, having tickets when you have kids. And anyway, couldn't dump them at the last second. Who else did I see? Uh, Southside Johnny at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park, which is only like 20 minutes away from me in New Jersey. Uh, I'm missing another major concert. Uh, who the heck was it? Um Darn, it's escaping me. But I had the pleasure of going out to Denver again to host the Shine Music Festival. The Shine Music Festival is the one-of-its-kind festival for persons with disabilities. It's totally, totally free. It's just incredible, man. It's um, the most inclusive festival on the planet, right? That's not Mark Farrell just saying that. Blowing smoke. Nope. Not embellishing at all. As a matter of fact, Guinness... Yes, Guinness, not the beer company, although that's a nice thought. <laughs> Guinness Book of World Records, <clears throat> excuse me, proclaim that the Shine Music Festival is the largest, world's most inclusive event to date. How cool is that? Yay! Sean Satterfield is the founder and person with a vision who started this two years ago. She was on this show right here. When I read about her and had her on Insight, 
And uh, she was like, Mark, too bad you don't live out in Colorado because you could host, you'd be a perfect host for the show. I'm like, um, there's a thing called an airplane. So it's been great. So we went out there once again, so happy to be a part of it. Change of venues. It was in a Levitt Pavilion last year in 21. This past August, it was in the Denver Civic Center. Smack dab in the center of Denver. Wow, man. It was beautiful. There were columns almost like the Colosseum, the Roman Colosseum behind me. Very, very regal. uh, Very just awe-inspiring backdrop of Denver, the glass buildings, the high-rises, and the verdant grass. I mean, there's tons of grass all around. And it's just a very, very welcoming park. And um, we were hoping to get, I think capacity was like eight or 10,000, <clears throat> excuse me. And we got about four three or 4,000. So the numbers weren't exactly where we wanted them to be. But we feel very, very strong because, you know, I talked to Sean. I'm not just the host. I've, I have a vested interest in this because I want every person in the United States, especially in the United States, worldwide, but it's obviously hard for people to get to Denver, uh, physically and, of course, um, financially. Oh, by the way, it's free because a barrier can be finances. So the removal of all the barriers is one of the goals for Sean Satterfield and the Shine Music Festival. So the, the festival is free. But I want people to be able to go there because and I gave a talk yesterday, and uh, I don't want to get too far off base here, but someone said, do you ever feel like you're part of a group? And I'm like, no, I've never felt like I'm... And I'm like, no, I'm wrong about that. Yes, there's one family that I feel a part of, and that's persons with disabilities, the 65 million large family in the United States. 65 million. Because when I'm around people with disabilities, I don't care if they're uh, quadriplegic, above or below the knee amputee, blind, deaf, multiple disabilities, hearing impaired, you name it. We all share the symbiotic experience of living a different life. And that's powerful. There's no hierarchy. Um, There actually is in different aspects of the disabled community. But when you're together, we all get it. There's a struggle. Yeah, I mean, my visual impairment allows me not to do X, Y, and Z possibly. Someone else who's deaf can't do another or multiple different things. But obviously we can flourish in different ways because we adapt. So having this concert and being part of this family, as a matter of fact, I I start out one of the, uh, in between the bands, there was about 10 different bands on one stage, the main stage where I was. And I said, you know, welcome home. Because being part of this community is like being part of the largest family out there, 65 million strong. You know, you don't have a day off when you're disabled. We each know what the other person pretty much is going through. And it's more elaborate than that. But the reality is, you know, I want to make people feel good for being there, uh, for doing all they do for uh, the community, persons with disabilities. And most of all, just to have damn fun, man. I mean, what's life without fun? I mean, you need levity. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, check this out. One of the musicians, oh my God, I forgot his last name. His first name is James, I believe. He was the second performance on the main stage. No arms, no legs. 
sings, and plays an instrument. I kid you not. The man is incredible. And um, it was pretty funny because afterward, I went up to him. He's literally laying down, got carried up on stage, and said, you know, that was an incredible performance. You know, you're all inspiring, blah, blah, blah. What advice would you give to somebody, with a disability or not, that always gives themselves an excuse not to pick up a new instrument? And you know what he said? Just effing do it. And I'm like, yay! I was hoping for a little bit of a longer answer because an interviewer always wants something. You know, <laughs> brevity is good sometimes. I asked him a follow-up question regarding that, and he's just like, just effing do it. So just for you, man, yes, you effing do it. Um, that's awesome, and I, I appreciate you and respect the hell out of you for all that you do, man. Um, just incredible person that rises to the occasion on so many different levels. I mean, his performance, his musicianship, and he's actually going to be in a documentary. So uh, another great aspect to the Shine Music Festival is that there is a documentary filmmaker named Nigel Dick also who appeared on the show here uh, about six months ago. Nigel Dick is just an incredible force, incredibly talented person. He has made music videos for, let me see, Britney Spears, Foo Fighters, Um, Rolling Stones, you name it. I mean, just one blockbuster band after another. Guns N' Roses, uh, just mind-boggling to speak with this guy. And he's a Brit, so he's like, Hello, Mark. Yes, the Shine Festival is just amazing, and thank you for hosting it, and you did a lovely job. Um, (laughs) Just hearing him uh, talk like that. And also, he's a cycle enthusiast, so uh, we're like... uh, Totally, totally like two kids in a candy store talking about all that stuff. Good dude. And really, really looking forward to seeing the outcome of the Shine Music Festival because he shot this with, geez, I don't know, seven, eight, nine different cameras on two different stages. So it's going to be glorious. He did pre-show interviews, post-show interviews. And um, I'm really excited because he's got a talent. And not only does he have a talent, he gets it. People with disabilities, you know, can't have access to a lot of things in the entertainment world where they want to or where they need to. So, for example, like if I went to um, City Field to see, let's see, let's see, uh, maybe Guns N' Roses. And I said, I need disabled seating, but I'm visually impaired. They would seat me in a large section that would be extremely far away from the States. So what could that, would that do me? I'm not in a chair, wheelchair. So that wouldn't do me any good. So, um, there are leaps and bounds for the real world promoters and event producers to get on board. So we're really hoping that, uh, shine music festival serves as a beacon to the ticket masters in the world, especially when a documentary comes out on the heels of the Guinness book of world records saying, Hey, look, at Shine Music Festival, look at what they've done, look what they're achieving. It is attainable. Does it cost more money? No. So um, I'm thinking that um, I have some ideas that I'm going to share with um, the brain trust of Shine to increase the numbers. Because I believe that, and this is sad, and I don't feel like um, sometimes you know you get lost in the forest because you're too close to things. 
But on this regard, I may be because I started thinking about mainstream population, able-bodied persons, why they wouldn't want to go to a concert that is accessible, that the majority of attendees would be disabled. Obvious disabilities are not, right? So, uh, and I realized, you know what? Yeah, people are not comfortable around persons with disabilities. They would rather know that, say, I'm making up because this Shine Music Festival doesn't charge. But if, just for example, if someone is buying a, a ticket for $90 for a concert for a festival and they knew $20 were going to a uh, disabled organization or to help uh, the disabled population, whatever the case may be, but they would feel much better of a small portion of their money going towards like the good of someone with a disability than being at a concert with persons with disabilities because they wouldn't be comfortable. I know that sounds strange. Maybe you've experienced that. But the reality is they are human beings who need to laugh, who need to move, who need to sing, who need to be around other human beings just like you and me. So it saddens me to think that that's reality. But you know what? I'm realistic, and that is reality. So um, we need to get past that. Uh, I mean, look at President Trump, former President Trump, um, who made fun of that journalist on the world stage. God, I can't get that image out of my mind. So, I mean, you know, he gave people permission to do a lot of unthinkable things, a lot of unthinkable things. So uh, that is just something that came into mind because when I think about um, how people could be intimidated, mostly uncomfortable about being other around other people that are not like themselves. Think about even just people who are of different race. People are like that. No matter um, if you live in a city, obviously it's much more diverse. But if you don't, there are so many people, and I believe this is why a lot of discrimination exists because they don't know other people that aren't like themselves. Or if they do, it's from a distance. They don't bother to get to know them and they just stereotype. They apply that stereotype and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy sometimes for them, and which is bad. Uh, but the festival was amazing. Uh, we're going to make it even more amazing in 23. I'm really, really excited about that. And of course, with the documentary, I'm not sure when that comes out, but when it does come out, believe me, Nigel Dick will be right here and I'll have Sean back on talking about how exciting that is. Oh, that's great. I just got uh, something from an email alert and uh, that should be defeated. Thank you, Gmail. <laughs> oh, by the way, if you have a small company, Gmail, Google has a pretty cool thing that I switched to about a month ago. It's called Google Workspace because I've been using a company called Network Solutions, pretty big name, and they have let me down so many times in terms of like um, making software updates. And next thing you know, I wasn't able to get email. I know, right? Head scratcher. I wasn't able to get email because a major, major email provider switched their settings and didn't tell their carriers or subscribers and or didn't automatically change those things. So I've had enough. Um, I've jumped ship with them and try Google Workspace. It costs eight or $10 a month. Um, a lot of vast options. Um, you know, access, my God, you can access Google on so many different ways, platforms, and you can obviously have it through different um, third-party 
uh, providers like uh, on your iPhone or Outlook on your desktop if you want to merge a bunch of email. Anyway, I digress. Uh, getting back to the Shine Music Festival. Another great thing about this, besides eight hours of rock and roll, man, um, was this. Having my kids, my one kid um, made bracelets last year, and I said, we should call them Shinelets. So she calls them Shinelets, and she made about 60 or 70 of them. So she got up on stage, unrehearsed. She's, she's like, ah, Dad, I don't know. So she got up with me between bands, and I said, hey, I'm going to ask you a question. You tell everybody what a Shinelet is. So here she is, 10 years of age, up on a stage, talking to an audience of thousands about what she did and why she did it. So that alone, I said to my wife, that alone is worth the trip to come here. Just phenomenal. My son, drummer extraordinaire, I said to him, would you like to get up on, I said, I can't promise you this, but if there is an opportunity um, to get up on stage and play the drums, would you? He goes, yes. He was stoked. So the first band that came up on stage, first opening act, was called Chai. Oh, something Chai. Oh, shoot. Uh, I forget the full name. Anyway, but it's something chai. They were phenomenal. And the drummer is the drummer for the Offspring. Offspring's a great kind of alt modern rock band. And he's like, I think his name's George. George is like, Mark, sure, I would be honored if your son played my drums. I'm like, wow, man, how cool is that? I mean, the camaraderie of rock and roll music, man. Yes. So Luke was stoked and he got up on a kit. As a matter of fact, I, I was doing an intro for a band, and he was behind me. I'm like, uh, all right, drummer, let's hear it. And, he, and then there's nothing going on, so he missed his cue. I'm like, uh-oh. What happened was someone took the drumsticks away, one of the techs took the drumsticks away, so he didn't have any sticks. So we did it again. He came out, and he killed it. As a matter of fact, he was playing really hard, so I said, hey, drummer, bring it down. He played a little bit softer. Then after I finished my rap on stage, whatever I was doing introduction-wise, I said, all right, drummer, bring it home. And he did like a 15-second like drum solo finale, and he just slayed it. So again, I looked at my wife and said, for this purpose alone, this is worth the trip to come out to Colorado, to Denver for the Shine Music Festival so our kids can shine. And that's far from the end of the concentric circles that were positively communicated, extended, and felt that day. Because all the lives we were able to touch, the accessibility, the inclusion aspect, it's just phenomenal. A good friend of mine, Lori Fresher, um, who lives in Denver, who I used to work with in New York City at We Media, W-E Media, the first magazine and website for persons with disabilities. Unfortunately, it dissolved after the dot-com bubble burst. Boop! That was a sad day, man. Um, but anyway, she's very, very fervent um, uh, leader in the disabled community. So we were very, very excited to have Lori there and uh, a few of her friends. So thank you, Lori. You're a friend of the show, a friend of mine forever, and you rock. As a matter of fact, she just got an award the other day, and I'm remiss at remembering, but it was a, maybe a female entrepreneur award. <clears throat> but Lori Fisher, you deserve that in every possible conceivable capacity because you are phenomenal, you're amazing, a trailblazer with a heart of gold, and I believe everything that you touch will be successful. may not be immediately because we know in life things just don't happen overnight and without a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And we know that you and I have both contributed a lot of blood, sweat, and God darn tears throughout the years to make 
this life a little bit better for others and ourselves, of course. My name is Mark Farrell. Yes, it's still Thursday. We are in New York City. The show is uh, Insights on the Progressive Radio Network. Thanks so much for being here. Um, I know you have a lot of options digitally, online, and you choose to come back here each and every day. Well, we are honored for that privilege, and we take it seriously, and we will never, ever forget that. That's why we try to bring you the best content. We have the best host, co-host, and Gary Null at the uh, helm, and um, we have some great guys. Rodney, how are you feeling today? Yeah, give me a wave, Rodney. Oh, yeah, Rodney. I can see you on Zoom right here, waving back here from the different studio. Rodney's our program director, does a hell of a job, and uh, just like you, I'm sure you do a hell of a job no matter what you do in life, right? Yeah, man. So, I, again, it's it's hard to believe that summer has slipped by, man. Wow. Unbelievable. But one of the things I did during the summer was become a, ready? <laughs> I never could have seen myself doing this or predicted this. Wasn't even on the radar. I became a 4-H leader. And you're like, oh, I've heard of 4-H. What the heck is 4-H? It's a kid thing, right? It stands for Head, Heart, Hands and Health. Head, Heart, Hands and Health. It's a great organization. It's national. It's been around since 1902. And um, they believe in youth development. And so do I. I'm raising my hand. Yay! So they had me speak at a staff retreat yesterday, actually. And I spoke about uh, many things. And one of them was, why did I become a 4-H leader? One of the reasons why I spoke is, well, actually, the main reason was to inspire returning staff that are returning to the offices of 4-H that are all over the state of New Jersey. And that was easy to do because um, Mark Farrell, yes, can inspire, can inspire, no, can inspire um, pretty much anyone close to a corpse because I just have a way of connecting with people, making them feel like how important they are because every person is so important. Whatever they bring to the table or not, there is a way to empower people, to make them feel gold in, golden, and to make them feel like their voice, their effort, whatever they can do matters. So it was a lot of fun. And uh, and I did, uh, my offshoot was to talk about why I became a 4-H leader. I'm like, well, um, it's funny because I started off the talk saying, all right, it was almost midnight. It was abysmally hot, like 95 degrees. I'm under a tent setting up about uh, 10 different cots with seemingly strangers. Where was I? I was at a festival, the Monmouth County Festival. That's a four-day event. And uh, I had the pleasure of sleeping under the tent, in the tent, for four days. At night, because my daughter is infatuated with horses, and she wanted to be part of this thing called the Monmouth County Festival, which is amazing. So to do that, to sleep over with kids that are minors, you have to be a 4-H leader. You have to get vetted, um, not fingerprinted. You have to get a background checked and you have to take some tests and online quizzes and all that stuff, which is great. It was um, 4-H in New Jersey is a cooperative effort with Rutgers University, phenomenal institution. As a matter of fact, one of the leaders or the agent who's like the executive director of 4-H in New Jersey in Monmouth County is named Matthew Newman. And he's actually a, a professor at 4-H, I'm sorry, at Rutgers University. Anyway, so I went on to say about, yeah, I found myself in this really, really hot tent 
with all these strangers opening cots. And next thing you know, around 10 horses and the horse about five feet away from my head kept kicking the wall all night long. Boom, boom, boom. I said, I've heard of screamers before, but I've never heard of kickers. <laughs> uh, I hope that joke went over well. No, not here. Of course, you're going to laugh. But over there yesterday during the talk. Yeah, I think it did. As a matter of fact, I got a few emails and things on social media. That's one woman said, <clears throat> she's the, I forget her title, but she's like, Mark, I was glued to your talk every single second of the 45 minutes that you gave a, a riveting talk. I was like, wow. I mean, what more can you ask for than that? But more importantly, um, it was it was a great just to connect with people who are equally connected, concerned, and love to empower the youth that we serve. I mean, whether you're a school teacher, a parent, neighbor, uncle, cousin, you have some connection to youth. And never doubt, man, never doubt how influential you can be with them. As a matter of fact, there's a great quote. I don't know who said it, but um, I'll just tell everybody you said it, okay? You're never as tall as when you kneel down to speak with a child. How profound is that? I think that's very cool. I love that. So um, that's quote, along with a lot of the different stories I told about you know, my varied life um, and how I bring it all back to the importance and significance of being the example, the shining example for youth to see, the opportunities that we provide for them. Because, you know, I said, I do anything for my child. We do everything for our children. I said, you know, for the people at 4-H yesterday, I said, you are back the programs are back. The fairs are back. 4-H is back, baby. And just to inspire them and talk about, and this, this goes for anybody in an office, the importance of collaboration, being back together in the office. I know people can get weirded out or get very comfortable working at home in their fuzzy slippers while they're on Zoom. But the reality is nothing gets done better than FaceTime. And I mean in-person, face-to-face time, Right. Because the exchange of ideas, just the rapport of actually breathing the same room, air air in the room. Actually, that's probably not a good metaphor on the uh, downside of COVID. But you understand what I'm trying to say. The importance of being in the same room because collaboratively, there's nothing like, all right, I don't know how to give a, a parallel. It's like almost like if you had dinner with somebody on Zoom. You're both eating the same dish saying, oh, man, this... This uh, salmon is really good. These all gratin potatoes. But no, being in the same table, smelling the scents, sharing, oh man, there's a little hint of um, cumin on there or whatever the example would be. Or how about another glass of white wine? Okay, maybe not a good example, but I like the white wine part. (laughs) Uh, But there's all kinds of reasons why. But I was just underlying or underscoring the importance of being back in person, man, the synergy the cohesiveness, uh, to be united. And yes, you don't always agree. And it's also a great way to come up with ideas that you never would have thought of. Because uh, there's an organization, I'm on like several different boards. And one of the board directors was like, you know what, I'm going to send out the roundup in an email form because I feel like, you know, it's not that valuable to have a a call. I said, well, I kind of respectfully disagree because when we talk about something, I instantly think about something that was said and I can interject and say, you know what? What about if we don't film it this way and we get a crew to do it X, Y, and Z? And he's like, oh, you know what? You got a point. So I said, if time permits, 
it's always best to connect with people than to just put something black and white out on email. Hey, listen, if you got to get the word out, you got to get the word out and spread it, disseminate it, whatever. And however fashion you can, you got to do it. But there's nothing like the old fashioned. And I'm, I'm like the, the true old, like, uh, what's the expression? Uh, shoe leather. You had to wear out your shoe leather to meet people face to face and to connect with people. I mean, that's why I am a speaker. That's why I am a radio personality, talk show host, et cetera, because connecting with people, and that's one of the things I spoke about yesterday at the 4-H staff retreat, is the importance of being back. I mean, when I was not able to give talks, motivational talks, that's when I came up with the pivotal idea to do uh, mobile music and positivity experiences when I would go to senior facilities, go to different uh, places of employment and play music, sing and dance because of the power of connecting with people. They needed it. I needed it. We all need to connect with people, right? Does that make sense? So no matter what you do, we always think like, oh, I can't be bothered. Maybe, maybe that's true. But, you know, extend yourself and see how good it feels. Speaking of feel good, I need some food. <laughs> how about you? Need a snack before lunch? Yeah, man. I got a cousin who has a farm out in Millstone, New Jersey. Millstone is a gorgeous area. It's like God's country. It's very vast, and uh, it's not in the sticks. Well, maybe kind of, but, you know, it's near Princeton. It's near Freehold, New Jersey. You know, some pretty thriving areas. But my cousin has a farm, about 18 acres, and his, his farm itself is not that big, 18 acres, especially in New Jersey. <clears throat> Excuse me, especially in New Jersey. And... um. But he's got, you know, a, well, he had a bevy of equipment, combiners, forklifts, tractors, bulldozers, front loaders, um, backhoes, you name it, millions of dollars worth of equipment. And he decided to sell the farm about a year ago. And uh, he's in his late 70s, very agile, very, very smart, very industrious person. I just really, really look up to Bob Foreman, incredible guy. Heart on his sleeve helps everybody. He believes in two words, hard work. I mean, if you have the privilege to know a farmer, you know they are hard workers. I mean, farmers, I mean, where would we be without farmers? No farmers, no food, right? It's the most accurate saying. And I believe that, um, and I, I've just become closer to a bunch of farmers. And I have such admiration for, yes, not only how hard they work, but their devotion to actually put something in the earth, manicure it, care for it, and prosper from it. Prosper it from it in terms of nutritionally, obviously financially because it's a sold good, and to have a community or a nation thrive from what they've built and created with their hands. I mean, how cool is that to be a farmer, to grow a product? Anyway, so Bob decided, and I understand that, you know, God forbid, God forbid, knock on wood, if something ever happened, that his wife would be stuck with like this huge farm with an insane amount of equipment. I, I'm not even talking about like little equipment. I'm talking about massive equipment. So he decided to have an auction, two auctions. One was more like contents of his house and smaller items. The second one was tractors, bulldozers, all those are pieces of heavy, heavy equipment I mentioned. And it was just something else. Like I've never been to one place before 
and have seen so many pickup trucks. There must have been hundreds of pickup trucks. Talk about the salt of the earth people. Just great people, simple people, hardworking people who are looking to pick up something that's going to you know, make their life a little bit easier or be able to do something they couldn't do on their farm. Um, and, and, you know, it was just a, it was a magical day to be there and hear these pros. He's, all right, give me 15, 15, one. It's going for the, twice sold. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty priceless. But it's also at the same time sad, man. Like after the uh, following days, after the um, auction happened, people were coming and picking up all their pieces of equipment. And this bustling, thriving farm is now a slight buzz of noise this massive farm which had just okay there's that google workspace again <laughs> um massive massive pieces of equipment all around is semi-dormant so it's kind of emblematic of what's happening or what will happen down the road that you know another farm closes i really and wholeheartedly believe that our nation does not do enough to support farmers in terms of uh, earmarking funds, especially when we have a drought. I mean, a lot of this equipment didn't go for near the money it should have because farmers this season don't have the money. Why don't they have the money? Because they can't sell corn. Why can't they sell corn? We don't have any damn water. So what the crops are maybe half as tall, not nearly as um, hydrated. So the the moisture content of the corn and a lot of the vegetables is not good. And so the trading price on Wall Street is very, very low. So the profit, what profit? Yeah, so they're hurting big time. So it's really, really sad to see. But I was, I'm was, i so impressed with my cousin and so proud to know every single farmer that I do. And if you know a farmer, you know, and maybe this sounds corny, man, but just thank them because they are really doing a major, major service for you, me, our community, communities, plural, our nation, and maybe they're part of something that, that they export. My cousin does many different, well, he did many different things, rye, wheat, and corn. The corn that he made, uh, grew, I should say, he would sell to Purdue for chicken feed. So, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres of corn that would get harvested in October, and he would have to do it at the right time because, again, the moisture aspect they put a big wand into these huge, huge um, tandem trailers uh, to measure the moisture content. And that fee is based on the moisture content and other varying degrees of um, way things are perceived as uh, valuable or not. So um, I just I feel very fortunate to say that I have a farmer in my family. As a matter of fact, my sister took these amazing pictures and brought them over to my cousin's house. And he was just kind of like verklempt. He's like, whoa. These are blowing me away just how phenomenal they are. So to be a part of that, and also my my kids have had, I made a lemonade stand for them. And, um, you know, the people come off the road, it's on a busy road, and they buy lemonade, and, and, and they donate to charity. And there is a, a, a major um, sunflower part portion of the farm that my cousin just let this one, uh, I'd say migrant worker, Augustine, uh, he lets them grow wildflowers and sunflowers on the farm for no price. I mean, that's what kind of guy this is. He, you know, pays a lot of taxes on the farm and he could use that property to farm other things, but he gave it to this parcel of land to somebody who's a hard worker who respects and 
uh, that he's a farmer and doesn't have a lot of means, but could use this to prosper for his family and sell a lot of sunflowers and wildflowers. And what a great job he does, man. So it's just it's just nice to be part of this circle, this collective community called Farmers. I think it's just phenomenal on every aspect. I mean, um, think about uh, where we would we be without that. Wow. I mean, geez. So thank you to all the farmers out there, man. Uh, please keep doing what you're doing, man. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I actually, Rutgers, uh, I'm, Rutgers is getting a lot of plugs today. That's weird. Rutgers has an agricultural program right down the road from me. Rutgers University is about 30 minutes away from me in New Brunswick, New Jersey. I'm in Freehold, but they actually have a field. Oh, geez. I'll take a guess on how many acres this is. <sighs> I'll say like 100 acres. It's part of their program, ag program, agricultural program. And it's a bustling parcel of land. And it's always interesting. As a matter of fact, I'd like to get them on a show. So I should pop over there and introduce myself. Because again, my first and foremost, oh my God, this is getting ridiculous, is to think about um, how vital farmers are to my program, to our existence. Sorry, I'm getting emails as I speak to you in my studio here and it's really annoying and if I even try to attempt to um, <laughs> mute these uh, we'll have some dead air and I don't want dead air hey it's Mark Farrell man once again I'm psyched to have you along I'm psyched to have you as a family member of the Progressive Radio Network of course you can email me anytime mark at markfarrellmotivation.com mark at markfarrellmotivation.com that's F as in Frank A-R-R-E-L-L, motivation.com. Of course, if you need a speaker for a school, K-12, through college, nonprofit, your corporate office, no matter how small or large, I've spoken to thousands of people once, I've spoken to 10 people once, a small accounting firm, small um, real estate firm, um, you name it. I have talks that will inspire every single walk of life because I believe Everybody needs a cheerleader in life. And the varied life that I've lived will inspire, invigorate, and empower you. I promise you. Because it's not everything that you've done right and wrong that sets you on the right trajectory. It's a lot of my mistakes that I've made, that I've benefited from. I know it sounds weird, that I've righted the wrong, you know, changed the rudder on my life that put me in a different direction that allows me to succeed. Um, am I a wealthy man? No way or near. Am I comfortable and able to raise two kids and a wife and have a roof and food? Yes. And being able to do something that you love, right? As a matter of fact, I, I just, sometimes I, I kind of get a little nauseated when I hear myself saying I'm a motivational speaker because, you know, there is a stereotype, a cliche that goes on with that. Like, hey, come on, man, you can do it. And I'm not really one of those people. I don't have platitudes plastered all over my studio or office wall. Like, wake up every morning with a smile on your face. I mean, that's not realistic, man. No, I have days where my anxiety is overwhelming. I feel depressed. I have concerns and worries just like everybody else. But I know I'll get through that day. And I know a workout's going to clear my head. It's going to stave off the anxiety, and much, much more. And I know that, you know, we have, each of us have our different ways to figure things out. And that's called life. 
and there are great, great aspects in life to get you through that called friends, therapists. I'm a huge proponent of therapy. And more importantly, just being in tune and honest with number one. That would be you, your number one, yourself. If you can't be honest with yourself, man, there is no, no righting the wrong. Because if you, you know you better than anyone, better than any doctor and any specialist in the world. And if you can't be honest with yourself, then, <clears throat> you know, but I have all the courage in the world that you are honest with yourself or listen to that little voice and you're starting to give it a little bit more credit, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. Yes, let's rock and roll. Let's uh, continue to enjoy the rest of this day. I have enjoyed this last hour or so with you. Again, check out uh, the Insight page, Insight page on prn.live, prn.live. And you can check out all the previous archive shows, some riveting guests. If you want to re-listen to a show, if you want to download a show, if you want to send a show to somebody else, feel free to do so. Email again is mark at markfarrowmotivation.com. Mark at markfarrowmotivation.com. Yes, I definitely need that snack or lunch. Hey, thanks again for listening and hanging right here, man. I greatly appreciate it. My name is Mark Farrow. Gary Noah's next. Keep living, laughing, and rocking, my friends. Insight with Mark Farrell. Check out this and all Insight shows on the Insight page at prn.fm. prn.fm. Have Mark speak at your company, your kid's school or college. Mark speaks on critical topics that affect kids and adults everywhere, from anti-bullying, mental health, drugs and alcohol, to overcoming adversity. Visit markfarrellmotivation.com for more info. Insight, Thursday mornings at 11 on the Progressive Radio Network. Network.